Initiative. Hello, everyone out there in Gamerland. This is the Roll for Initiative podcast, issue number 53. I am one of your hosts, DM Vince, and along with me is DM Nick. Nick, how are we doing? Oh, pretty good. Ready to go to Origins. Well, sort of. <laughs> ah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yes, Origins. Oh, we can't yep. wait. And we're back yet again on another Tuesday recording, another hot, sticky Tuesday. Yeah. And sitting in this week again, who weaseled his way onto the show again, DM Crispy. In the basement rolling dice. Rolling dice. I'm a wizard. (laughs) Jeez. That song's stuck in your head now, huh? It is. Always. Yeah. You want to look up that song, folks, called Rolling Rolling a D6. It's a really funny uh, parody song of... uh, C6 by Far East Nation, I think it's called, or something like that. G6, yeah. G6, by, uh, yeah. Far East Movement. Far East Movement, yeah, whatever. Which is a terrible song. Yeah, it's a terrible song, but the D6... The parody song, is very good. Yeah. Even though the playing... Uh, the edition that shall not be named. It's got, like, a numeral <laughs> in yeah. it. You know what? I was on our forum. Speaking of... For- let's talk about forums here. OSRGaming.org is our forums where we go to all the time, and Nick almost has 10 posts. I'm still waiting for him to get to the Big Ten. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Come on, Nick. I, I'm one of those people who lurk, and I only talk when I feel like I have anything really pertinent to say. I just don't just put out crap, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, more and more well, people have been discovering the forums and noticing how calm and relaxed it is compared to other forums. Other places. Yes, other places. And... uh they're enjoying it now. I mean, more and more people keep finding it and coming over. So we invite you to invite your friends to invite their friends. To yeah, it's their a cool friends. place, and I like that it's not just – it's everything, you know, old-school Renaissance, everything first edition, classic D&D, yeah. Castles and Crusades, uh, the uh, – what is it? Swords and Wizardry, mm-hmm. Osric, I think. There's a forum. Yep. So any of those games that you're interested in, and have some pretty good followings now, you know, please go to osrgaming.org and check those forums out, and I think everyone would be very pleasantly surprised There's what they see. Oh, yeah. There's even um, a forum for uh, files. You can upload files, so if you want to share files with people, such as character sheets or you have a new module you want to spread around, you can upload it into the forums, and then people can download it and rate it for you. Yay. Yay. But speaking about those forms, I was reading today, I think it was posted by FJW70, I think it was. I'm not sure what the... Sorry about that, but he was talking yeah, I know about... Yeah, talking about. Yeah, he was talking about a fifth edition. There, were ta- there was rumors about it already. I, I remember seeing that for, like, April Fool's, but this might be a, a new thing. Yeah, um, there's just some minor talk about fifth edition. Well, fourth sword been out for, what, three years? Three Two? years, yep. Well, they say the life expectancy of a game now is, is four to five years, so. <laughs> cha-ching! Yeah, cha-ching is right. I'm just happy playing 1E in reverse. I'll be happy yeah. with that. So, Nick. Yes. Origins. What? <laughs> what? What about, you're going to Origins, aren't you? Yes. Tell us about it. They put me on the spot. You said you wanted to talk about it. I can't handle the pressure. No, yes, I am. I'm getting ready to go to Origins here, which, as we're recording, starts officially tomorrow. And they've been doing that for, I think, a couple of years now. They've been starting Wednesdays. So it's... Really? It's a five-day convention. Oh, wow. There's... So, yeah. It's an official um, start on Wednesday, not like Gen Con with the unofficial start? Yeah, they had like an unofficial start thing on Wednesdays, but now, as of I think a couple of years ago, yeah, they they have, yeah, Wednesday. So, That's 22nd, sweet. all the way through this Sunday, Sunday, which should be the 26th, I believe. Hmm. And uh, it looks really good. I'm in one first edition AD&D game with... A guy off of uh, on one forums. I was on uh, his game last year, which was really cool. I think I talked about it 
once before that it was a historical thing that we all played various uh, people from from I don't know I would say from history, but it was kind of a historical fiction thing. We had to go rescue Richard the Lionheart. Ah. So yeah, and we all got our butts kicked. So <laughs> either way, it was fun. It was a it was a nice change of pace. And uh, sounds like what he's running this year is more of a traditional kind of dungeon crawl in, um, you know, uh, to uh, commemorate Gary Gygax in his memory. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. In fact, I, I, I got in just because I, I, I emailed him and said, your game's already full up, but can I come in and still bring, like, generic tokens? <laughs> and he said, yeah, sure, sure. I already had one other person ask. Sure, sure. More than Mary. I'm like, cool. So it'll be it'll be really fun. Um I'm not sure what else is going on. There's a few first edition uh games going on. I'd say maybe about six, maybe seven in the actual um when you look it up on their website mm-hmm. and you download their catalog. But who knows? There's always pickup games going on. So Yeah, I have a feeling I'll be going to Origins next year instead of Gen Con next year, but who knows? Yeah, it's, I mean, I recommend if anybody wants to do Gen Con, you know, at least do it once. Yeah. At least say you've been to it, you know, you've experienced it. But I like Origins because, well, where I live, it's close. It's not that far. It's still a pretty big convention to go to. It's very enjoyable. So, anyway, that's my thing. And also, just to let everybody know out there, I will be uh, roaming around Origins. (laughs) <laughs> and I will see uh, if I could get some interviews on there. So hopefully by the time this is up up and out there, people will be listening and say, hey, oh, I'm going to be there too. I want to get interviewed. So, yeah. So I'm hope find some other industry people. And if you folks are listening, some people like, I don't know, Larry Elmore, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll interview him. I'll, I'll interview, I'll interview a cobalt. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it'd be interesting to get a take on things from a cobalt. How about you? So Yeah. We hate being beat up all the time. We just don't get it. <laughs> so, uh, so that's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, really and looking forward to it. Plus, getting... it's my, 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 my friend Jeff. It's his last convention before he uh, gets uh, deployed to Afghanistan. Oh. So, yeah, this is, this is, a, this is a big deal. So. That's It'll be real fun. I wish him best of luck. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'll be good. Definitely. He'll be all right. I told him, hey, when I was deployed, do, do two things. Remember where you're training, and don't do anything stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Don't do anything stupid. Okay. Yeah. Always good advice. Yes. I thought so. One veteran to another, that's why I said. <laughs> so we're like 40-something days from Gen Con, and I'm just looking at the clock going, I wish that was just like four days. <laughs> four, or four hours. <laughs> I'd rather be four days because if it was four hours, I'd be in trouble because I should be there by now. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what are we going to do, right? Yeah. I don't even get to go to Origins or Gen Con. Why not? Because oh, I'm sorry. poor because I work at Borders. So what have you been doing, Crispy? I actually am... Uh, on Father's Day, we uh, last week, my roommate's sister graduated from high school. So on Father's Day, we all went over to the uh, to my roommate's parents' house and had food, and we uh, rolled up characters for the family D and D game. Oh, cool! So, yes, we're going to be playing uh, Labyrinth Lord, and it's the hey. first time that uh, their parents have played since the eighties. Oh yeah, you did mention it last yeah. time. That's cool. So it's going to be pretty fun. But we got everyone's yep. character rolled up, and uh, I just need to talk to them about backstories and stuff like that. And uh, hopefully it'll be good. You know what? Um, I borrowed your idea. We're going to do a family D&D game. I thought summer. you played with your kids. Yeah, you know, I did, and it's been kind of in, you know, in hiatus because of other things that they were mm-hmm. doing. And I think, um, you know, since uh, they got out of school, it'd be cool to do something like once a week with the kids, invite maybe a couple of their friends down who would be interested. Even the wife said she's going to play again. 
I was just going to ask that. Like, yes, you- she said, yeah, I will. I'm like, heart attack. Oh, really? <laughs> See, that's going to be good. That's going to be a lot of fun, probably. Like, yeah, it'll sit be down fun. with the kids. Oh, yeah. They, they enjoyed it before we played, uh, rolled up characters for first edition. And then, um, you know, they, they had a blast. It was real fun. And so we'll, we're, I'm hoping to get something solid going maybe after this coming weekend. So we'll see. Awesome. Well, what are we going to do, right? Uh, yep. Continue with the show. I think we should get this <laughs> podcast on the road. Should we? All right. Well, yeah, I like so. I said, it's like 45 days of Gen Con. I'm happy as heck to do this. <laughs> And uh, let's head into our first segment of the night. Typical of all the evil creatures in the world. I'd like to find one with table manners. What are you kidding me? I've spent years cultivating the worst table manners on the planet. Table manners. So we're in table manners now. And uh, tonight we're going to talk a little... We're going to go back to what we were doing originally in the past, talking about classes. And a couple people requested how to play a ranger. How to play a ranger? Well, you put on the cool hat, mm-hmm. and you go and you try to keep those picnic baskets away from Yogi and Boo Boo. So, Yogi, that was. Yeah, I don't Boo-Boo. think Major Smith's gonna like this. Did you get the picnic basket right there? Okay. So, ranger, what separates a ranger from a regular fighter? Well. They can obviously they can track. Mm-hmm. They're the woodsy type character. They can use more than one weapon at once. Well, fighter can do that too, but rangers are better at that than fighters. Yes, and they can cast magical spells at a higher level. <gasps> Not magical spells. No, yes. magical spells. My goodness. Well, what else would you call them? I don't know. Uh, mystical spells, arcane knowledge, esoteric know-how. Yeah, right. So, Crispy, how would you play a ranger? Well, first thing I would do is I would throw off the shackles of my evil heritage, then climb out of my underground city and uh, wield two scimitars. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. That's a new one. Yeah. No, no one's ever played that ranger before. No, like, no, That no, is no. completely original character concept. Completely original, yes. Copyright 2011, Crispy Industries, LLC. <laughs> You're a limited liability corporation? <laughs> so Crispy is a limited liability corporation? That way people can't sue me. It is now. <laughs> so the Ranger is... The Ranger is an interesting class. It's less... I think it's it's a little less uh, Aragorn and more Rambo. Yeah. Eh. That makes any sense. Like... When I think ranger, I don't think, you know, ranger from Lord of the Rings. No. At least not in this edition. I don't you know, know, with the spell casting and the, uh, mm. yeah, sure, it's got the tracking, but, uh, you know, it's got extra damage against uh, giant classes. Or your chosen foe. Or your, is it or your chosen foe? It's your chosen foe, yeah. I'm pretty sure about that, right? No, no, no. When fighting no, that's, humanoid type that's, creatures, that's third edition. Is what you're thinking of. Yikes. Actually, that came out in second. Was it second? Just, right. Yes. I'm not super, super familiar with second. Like, I've right. played it a few times, but... So I don't really play a ranger that often because I always think of it as a munchkin class. Really? Why do you think that? Like... Yeah. Because I've seen so many play, people use them just so they can have the two swords and they can have the tracking and they can hide and they can be the party uh, point person. And I think rangers are cool. I think they're cool, too. Do you think they're underpowered? Yeah. Say what? I don't think they're underpowered. Like, no. yeah, I think they're a little bit more powerful than a fighter. But, I mean, you don't really get spells till ninth level. Yeah. Or, yeah, and let's see, actually. Yeah, ninth. I don't think they're... Where's that table? Eighth level. Yeah, they get start getting druidic spells at eighth and magic user spells at ninth. And as far as, like, getting the... There's there is quite a few things you need to qualify for for the be a ranger. Definitely, you need a minimum thirteen intelligence and strength, wisdom minimum fourteen and and a minimum of fourteen constitution. 
So there's four different abilities out of what out of eight that you have to get in the the low to mid teens in. So mm-hmm. I mean, good luck, right? But still, it's not like trying to get that 17 or 18 charisma to be a paladin. So your odds but I of, could see. of you know the odds of rolling up a ranger are probably better than a, than a paladin, I would think. Yeah. I could see uh, people who are you know like. I can see people who, who do qualify to be a ranger abusing it, though, because, I mean, you do get a lot of neat stuff, like, especially the surprise uh, bonuses. Yeah. Like, you surprise see, I, 50% of the time. Yeah. I played a, a couple of rangers in, in my day. In fact, one of my favorite characters, he's a, he was a, what was a half-elf ranger cleric, and no, I'm not going to do a whole character story, so don't worry. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bore everybody to tears. What did Tracy Hickman say, Nick? No character stories. Exactly. That's, that's why I'm not gonna do one. I'm just saying, I I played them, and I don't think I've, you know, they have special abilities like some other subclasses have, like a paladin or a cavalier or, or a barbarian, or what have you. And I don't think they're any more uh, powered than any other of the subclasses. I mean, yes. It's more powerful than the fighter, but you know what? That's the luck of the role when you create the character. If you get those ability scores, you meet those minimums at least, then you know why not? Why not play them if you can do them well? I mean, I do like some of the problem. restrictions on it though. If, you, if you're anything but no um, good, then you get restrict. You get restricted. Uh, stripped of all your pow- uh, paladin. Wow, ranger abilities. Right. Yeah. Then that makes sense. And also the. The ranger, as I see him, yeah, I do see there is some Tolkien influence on this ranger class, uh, you know, with the tracking ability and the identifying of woodland creatures and uh, the stuff like that. They're they're the scouts. They're the guys who live on the fringes of society. Now, I'm curious for that one restriction, no more than, what was it, three can operate at one time? Yeah, I've seen this on, I think it's Dragon's Foot. I saw uh, a topic about that. I do not... I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Why I, I don't there. get that either. I would think the more rangers that there are in the party, the better that they're going to track. You know, if they're going to track something, I think that would make more sense. The more in the marriage. Maybe it's like a many, too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. I'm thinking Possibly. more the whole backstory of a ranger being the loner in the woods and they don't like each other because, you know, they're supposed to not like people to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, that there's nothing to say that they that they that they shouldn't. I mean, well, if you think about the backstory of a ranger, he's living in the woods by himself, so like a druid almost. Yeah, but you can also have a ranger who is maybe uh, is in, employed by a local lord, and he's the uh, and he periodically goes back to the lord's castle and reports on things that are going on in the hinterlands. So, hmm. not necessarily a a loner type. I mean, that's the stereotype of this particular class, but. I don't think if you want to put a little different bend on it, I think that would be one way of doing it. Hmm. I mean, that's how I played one particular ranger I had. That he was uh, that he was like a scout for a local lord, and you know he was not necessarily a spy, but he would he would report back on if there's any strange doings uh, on the on the borderlands of this lord's uh, lands. So now, would you make any adjustments to the class or leave it as it was? Or is I, I like the class as it is. There's some good stuff. There's uh, like mechanically that kind of gives the fighter an edge on it, uh, especially restriction four. Uh, Rangers may only uh, may own only those goods and treasure which they can carry on their person or, and or place on their mount, right. and then you have to uh, donate everything else. So you know it's going to be hard for a ranger to build a stronghold because he's not going to have the capital for it. And then if you look, same page as that, attacks per round, Uh, rangers, they kind of, uh, they lose a little bit on the attacks per round. Yes. Compared to fighters and paladins, and they also have a lower hit die, but they do start with two. They do start with two, and that's in reflection that they've, they're, I guess, they're a little more rugged as individuals, a little more hardy. Hence, mm-hmm. uh, also going back why there's a minimum constitution uh, score that you need for the class. One thing I would change that this always was a head-scratcher for me 
what they define as giant class opponents. Yes. Kobolds. Kobolds? What? Really? <laughs> and if you go into the Unearth Arcana, um, Tasloy, Vart, um, no. <laughs> they're not, they're not <laughs> giant class creatures. Um, yeah, so it's, the whole list is bugbears, Eddins, giants, gnolls. Goblins, hobgoblins. I would think if it's it's seven feet or higher, it's a giant class creature. If it's not, it's no. Like gnolls, I could also see not being on there as well. But, you know, everything else uh, hobgoblins, ogres, ogre magi, and orcs and trolls, yeah, I could see that being giant class. I can't see those on there either. I would. Because. I mean, ogres are huge, though. Like an ogre. Ogres, yes. Ogres, magi. Magi. All the giants and and giant kin, uh, but bugbears, yeah, I could see that. Ettons, definitely. I don't see gibberlings, gibberlings, grimlocks. No, if they're they're below a certain height, it's not a giant class creature. Hence, why are there giant? Why is kobolds on there? Why and goblins and goblins? Yeah, I I just kind of. If it's shorter than seven feet tall, that's how I kind of define it, at least for me. That would be the thing I would change well, what if, if I was going to run this. What if the kobold stands on a chair? But then it's it's going to be five feet tall. A kobold on stilts. Okay. There, yeah, kobold on stilts. Then he'd be a giant creature. No, he's just a, a, a weenie kobold on stilts. Oh. I could see the logic of having those evil humanoids. But like I don't get why they put giant class. Like I'm I'm all for rangers being able to fight kobolds and goblins better. Like sure, whatever. But like it's weird that they're listed as giant class. Giant class. Yeah. Like why not just evil humanoids? Would that right. just make the list too large then? Yeah. I mean they got most of the evil humanoids on there anyway. Yeah. So, so like I, uh, I, I, I know third edition kinda I don't want to say simplified it with the favored enemy, yeah. but uh, the monster types really kind of helped yeah. to spread it out because, like, uh, trolls are listed as giants, like they're giant type, right? And so you I can take like favorite, the favorite giant. I kind of like the favored enemy idea myself, mm-hmm. um, but if I was going to do the giant class thing, there would be a few I would definitely throw out. I would just like that's not a giant class creature. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, Tasseloy are not giants. <laughs> They're not big. <laughs> They're like jungle. They're like jungle goblins. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, yeah, they can get on each other's shoulders. You know. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. <laughs> well, there, there's a scale going. Two goblins is an orc. Two orcs is a giant. So you just you do the division. Oh, two orcs make an ogre. Ah, that's true. And I two guess two ogres make a giant. I would say ogre and a half. So, what is so four orcs would make a giant. So does two giants make a titan? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. We should write this chart down and post <laughs> it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's one thing that AD&D does not have enough of. It's charts. Yeah. I know. We're getting some serious, like, complicated math going here. Like, oh, Gary like would be proud. Of her. Gary would be proud of us. Yes, he would. <laughs> or... He's rolling in his grave. I don't know. <laughs> Let's hope right, he's now, proud. Vince, you uh, you had mentioned like wanting to change it. Like, what what ways would you want to change it? Aside from you know kobolds not being giant class. <laughs> well, I def- definitely get rid of the two hit die in the beginning because I don't think that's fair. Really? No, I don't really think that's fair at all. But would you still it's keep them as eight sided hit dice? Yeah, keep them as eight sided hit dice. I don't see why they should have two. I don't see why they should have more hit points than a fighter should have at first level, or the the ability to have more than a fighter yeah. at first level. They I see not. that, but then like when you take the hit points down, if you just keep them at D eight, they're going to be kind of squishy at, no. for a fighter type. Not really. Yeah, they, I mean, same hit die as a cleric. Yeah. And so, what's the weapons and armor for a for a ranger? He can wear any armor. Yeah. Huh. See, that strikes me as weird. I would want to change that. Because, like, that when I think Ranger... That was changed in later editions, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was changed in, like, in third. 
Yeah, lightly armored scout is what I think of. Actually, I, Not clank, I think clank, again clank. that was changed in second edition, where Boom. they can only the heavier the armor, the the less tracking ability they will have. That makes Almost sense, because, you know, if you're walking around a plate mail, how are you going to be able to sneak around and track somebody? Right, unless it's magical plate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, how can we make this better? I don't know, shoot fire at them? Oh, wrong podcast. Never mind. <laughs> shoot a fireball at them. Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. Go go to the Pokemon website and, uh, no, never mind. There, uh, I, think there, I think Pokemon Rangers is a thing. Like, I think that's <laughs> actually a thing. Oh, now you have to die. Oh. <laughs> well, they had a whole marathon of Pokemon Black and White on the other day. Oh, don't snap. go there. Please don't go there. Don't go, <laughs> la, 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 la. I am not listening. I figured you were watching la, it, Crispy. I don't have TV. Oh, that's right. What? Yeah. I don't need, like, I have the internet. What do I need TV for? Oh, well, that's a good point. Yep. All right, so uh, let's just find out how you folks out there uh, play a ranger. Maybe you can go to the forums or org and uh, post up how you play a ranger or rfistaff at gmail.com or you can call the hotline, which is... Hotline. Ugh, right in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot the hotline. 570... 290-728. No, that's, that's our that's, hotline. That's the other hotline, dummy. But you should call in to save or die and tell us what you think about <laughs> role for initiatives. Five seven zero eight six five forty two ten. The hotline. Ah, right in the eye again. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Then now leads into our next segment. You think I'm mad? Perhaps I am. What are you, a wizard, a genius? Darn! A perfectly good brain wasted. Game mechanics. Okay, next segment is game mechanics, and we're going to talk about uh, something. Three little paragraphs in the Dungeon Master Guide, but has, it's packed with a lot of information. Actions during combat and what you can do. It's in uh, page 71 of the DMG. So basically, if you read through these three paragraphs, how Gary wrote it, he gives an example of what you could do in combat and, and as a DM, how you should basically use common sense. And trying to figure out, you know, how long particular actions take. Uh, the one he gives as example is you know, uh, of a player saying, I hurl oil at a monster, ignite it, drink my potion of invisibility, sneak up behind it, and stab it in the back. And then, I love this, he says, how it's ambitious like, indeed. <laughs> like but it brings up all these, yeah, but he brings up all these questions. Where's the oil? In a pouch, of course. So that takes at least one, maybe possibly two segments. And looking for the potion, drinking it, sneaking up, all those require a certain amount of time. So, and he said, you know, could it at least, uh, what do you say, take a, about a round or so? So, all right, guys. So, could you, like, for the listeners at home, uh, could you break down how timing combat works for people at home that aren't me? You know, because I just, I know all of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I do it all the time. Uh, but you know, what like how many seconds are in a round? How how long a segment is? Again, for the people that uh, aren't on this podcast and aren't me. Well, what I <clears throat> I do is at least in my game, I I think it's easiest. The goal with with each round being ten segments, <gasps> and one one segment is six seconds. So one so round one minute rounds. One minute rounds. That's how I do it in my game. That's also a hackmaster rule. Well, yeah, Nick <laughs> and hackmaster. What? What? I'm I go purely for the these uh, the six segment, just like it's always been in the book. I mean. So each segment is what ten seconds? Yeah, you could go that way. And that would work too. I really so, don't keep track of segments that well. I mean, Chris, you played my game. Do we really keep track of segments that well? Nah, like we play combat pretty much how I've always played combat in any edition. Right, and I think what what Gary was going for here was he's saying basically use some common sense. You know, just. 
figure out in your head what it would take for about something to happen. What for you know, if you want to sneak up behind that ogre and backstab it, how long is that gonna take your player to get the weapon out if he doesn't have it, sneak around in the shadows and get behind him and backstab him? I mean three seconds. Oh, sorry. It could take about, you know, one, you were, you one round. Maybe uh maybe two. What if it takes twelve rounds? Twelve rounds? Yeah. Then it takes twelve rounds. Oh, okay. I and I think another thing that we have to keep in mind when you do these things is people I guess consistency, if you ruled upon something before, maybe people are I, I know I've encountered this and I've seen it where there are those people who are kind of like rules lawyers, and they say, oh, last time you said it only took three segments. Why is it taking five now? So Because you tripped over a rock. To them yeah. you say, that's a very good point. Roll dice. Oh, you've been hit by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that, sure. Yeah. Not necessarily the fair thing, but <laughs> but I think it's it's a just use common sense. Fair. And as long as, yeah, be, be fair, but use common sense in these things. I mean, how long would it take to pull a potion out of your backpack? I, have I don't a, know. Probably half a second. Half a second? Yeah, I mean, it's not that hard to pull a potion out of, out of your pack. You know where it is. When you're going well, into bat- sure, but your bat, it's on your back. You have to take it off, and you have to pull it out. No, if you if you prepare for battle the proper way, you'll know that your potions are in within reach, and you prepare them in the backpack. So all you have to do is go whoop, and it's right out. I would say for me, I would roll like two or three segments, like two or three seconds. I go d- get it out of a backpack. Yeah, I can see. First segment is six to ten seconds. Yeah, that sounds about right to me, at least. Oh, I guess if you're going to say segment, yeah, one segment, maybe two. If you got a route around there, one segment done. Yeah, six seconds. Sure. Okay. Most most actions could probably be done in a segment, like pulling out a potion or um, getting a scroll out of its uh, scroll case. Um, eh. you know, no, I don't, I don't. I just I don't play with those complicated rules. I'm just do it and do it, and that's it. Well, I know, but this is one of those things that you know some people you know might be concerned about during during uh, this is the actions during combat. So, like, I'll a let lot of things that you can do. I'll let players take out a potion and drink it as their move, and that's their only move. Okay, that's fair. Drop a sword, pull out a sword, you know that. Uh, pick up a sword would be your full movement as it is. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you have to actually bend down, pick it up, and then get back up to your defensive position. I consider that like a full movement. See, mm-hmm. yeah, like, some people would argue that, like, oh, no, picking up a sword is blah, that's easy, blah, blah, But picking up a sword in plate mail? Yeah, it's When you're hard. weighted down with a quilted doublet, a chain shirt, the mail itself, and your center and is... you're being attacked by lizard man. Yeah, and your center is in your chest, so now when you bend over, you're going to spill out onto your face. And like you're in balancing a swamp. yourself correctly, and yeah. the sword is in a foot of murky water. Even just no, like with it, <laughs> dropping a sword, and then like if you're going to do segments, dropping it like picking up a sword in plate mail is probably going to take that six seconds. It, like you least. can't just like drop down and pick it up like you would like uh, a quarter or like a I don't know a ball pencil that you dropped. Yeah, because you have to balance yourself properly. Yeah, true. Then I feel like that dorky guy that kicks it and, you know... <laughs> keeps kicking it away. Yeah. I do that even without plate mail on, so... I wouldn't doubt it, Crispy. Impressive. Oh, well, thanks. You do that at Borders all the time, don't you? I do. Just drop a book, kick it. That's out of malice, but... You know, <laughs> I, th- I make like, it look like th- it's an accident. One of the things I do is, like, when we were talking about combat and movement, one of the things... I, I allow players to move... at half their movement and still attack in the, in the round. So you could do like, yeah. so I think that's, if you're going to do, if there is a kind of a complicated combat, if you're using miniatures, for example, you know, I, I'll say, yeah, you could do half your movement and attack. That's not a problem. I've done, so uh, I think that's kind of yeah. fair. I've done the five foot step and then you can attack. Mm-hmm. If you really need to be, I mean, if it's something 
I don't know. It just it depends on if I want to stop the flow of the action or not. Yeah. It depends on the situation too. Yeah, you like you said, it depends on the situation, really. Like I'll let players charge and attack. Mm-hmm. Just to keep the action going and to keep it fun and exciting. And then other than just you can run over there, but that's the end of your action. Yeah. I let like in basic, uh well, at least in Labyrinth Lord, the rule is you can move your full combat action or your full combat movement and still attack. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so if you have, like, move 120, you move 40, it's a third of your total movement. And, I mean, it doesn't break the game. It no. works out pretty well. And it's funny because, like, when you guys explain segments, segments, like, the round now in in current editions D&D is basically, it's all done in segments. Everything is six-second rounds. Huh. Which I personally don't like, but... Uh. I can see the appeal of, of simplifying it. Like, okay, you can do this in a segment, and that in a segment, and everyone gets one segment per round. That's the round. Yeah. I, I like doing that because, for me, I like to have it... Because I always have such a big group of people playing. that There's at least six to eight people in my group. I like to try to keep things in in order as orderly as possible and I know who is doing what when so it doesn't become one big conflagration it was pretty, I, that's how yeah. I like to do it it was pretty big when I had the full group of the Book of Sorrows going and we had yeah. what do we have Crispy about seven eight people at one point oh uh, six six but I think we were up to like seven at one point or eight, eight actually with Martin yeah dirtbag anyway uh hey well, he's the one that dropped out and decided not to tell us about it, so he's a dirtbag. Okay. Loser. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was, for a while it was kind of hard keeping track. Of it. I, had, I had to actually get a dry erase board and write down everybody's movements just to remember to make the move, because I was forgetting people at certain times. Mm-hmm. And then, like, poor Andy, oh, what about me? I'm like, oh, don't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I I just track the segments as they go along, I and, you know, I go, you know, that's segment one. Oh, what's your action? Or segment two, blah, blah, blah. I go right down. We had, I remember one time when I was at a, a comic book store in, uh, when I was in Connecticut, we had a group there. It was the Munchkin group, I call it. But uh, we wound up attracting 22 players for one game. Wow. Jeez. We had to have two DMs because it was that big. Wow. It was me and my I friend. Imagine. Yeah, me and my friend Chris. Uh, who's uh, who's in the Coast Guard? Me and him would go on Saturdays and DM, switch on and off. But this time we had to both DM because it was such a large group. Wow, that's crazy. Combat took like forever. I oh yeah, <laughs> but I noticed that when the post two thousand editions they made actions during combat very very simplified and very realistic. Yeah, uh, basically you get to uh, move an attack or move twice. Or move and do an attack equivalent. Like, it, it's simple but also complicated because, like, then you have to break out which actions are the equivalent of a move, which are the equivalent of an attack. But it's all, th- it's all defined. There's no, like, question about it. It's just right. all defined you're, you're, for you. And, Not and all the time, but for the most part, yeah. Well, yeah, it also takes away from the fact that they don't think that anybody has any common sense. Duh. I mean... <laughs> And that was the whole point of the the paragraphs here and the actions doing in combat. He's saying, use common sense, people. It's not that hard. It's not rocket science. You know, if you think it takes a certain amount of time to do something, okay, then. Just don't be crazy about it, really. Be a little realistic, but, you know, just have fun with it. Don't, I guess, and I think part of it is because you, there's, there's no defined actions during comments like this takes this amount of time. This takes this amount of time. There's no huge chart because it all depends on the situation. Imagine if there There's, was another huge chart. <laughs> and that'd be a ginormous chart. But I mean, it all depends on the situation. Like the one I said, you know, picking up that sword. Well, what if that sword is you're fighting lizardmen in a swamp, and, like I said, and it's in that murky water that's a foot deep? That's I mean, 10 feet away. Right, right. There you go. I mean, those are the—that's the kind of situations that happen. You just can't have one defined 
okay, it takes this amount of time to pick up a sword on the ground. You can't really do that. You just you have to be as flexible as possible. And it doesn't break the system. <gasps> Shock horrors. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, really. So, break it, break it. Yeah. And if you don't want to do it that way, like like how you do it, Vince, you don't really bother with the whole mm-hmm. actions during combat segment thing, whatever. Still works for you, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm more of a story action oriented DM than a, a rules lawyer DM. And I've always said that since uh, issue one, so. Right. I've always said I, that since issue one. Yeah, I've, I've always been kind of in the middle, I think. You know, I don't, I'm not really rules lawyer but I'm not all, you know, cinematic yeah. either. I'm somewhere in the middle. I try it to be. As a matter of effect, uh, <laughs> Crispy, you seem like a kind of a rulesy type person when you DM. Do I? I try not to be. You just kind of seem like you are kind of rulesy in a, to a point. Yeah, like, I'll say screw the rules to let people do stuff, but, like, I I don't try to memorize all the rules. Yeah, that's what, usually what Jason's for, our rules lawyer. Mm. That's which, true. Which he'll be back next week. He's uh, yep. coming back shortly. So he certainly will. So, anyway, so, have we beaten this one down? Yep, I think we beat so. this cobalt down as far as we can. So, anybody... Out there, anyone out there who want to know how you use action during combat or don't use this little rule at all, or you know, just let us know what you think. Uh, you know, go to our forums at Roll for Initiative or at osrgaming.org and let us know what you think. Actually, and, I, uh, I kind of turned off the forums on Roll for Initiative and just directed it to OSR. Okay, well, just go to OSR Gaming or you can email us, which obviously I don't remember. <laughs> Come on, Nick, take a crack at it. RFI staff. Uh-huh. At uh-huh. RFIPodcast.com? No, no, Nick. No. <laughs> take two. I'm sorry. I forgot. RFI staff at gmail.com. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Why, you little... Uh, All right, so let's head into uh, Creature Feature Theater. Creature, Creature, Feature, Feature, Theater, Theater, Theater. So what creature do we have tonight? Crispy. We have the Peck, or the Petch, depending on... I would say Peck. I say I've always said Peck, but Petch could also be acceptable. I mean, I made a fantasy race. I think it's pronounced Peck. I don't know. We should we should have someone give us the official pronunciation. Let's ask Tracy Hickman. <laughs> Tracy would know. <laughs> My dearest Tracy Hickman, I'm writing to you today to inquire about the pronunciation of Peck. Or patch, or okay. patch, depending. Or peach. No, that's you know, a, I'm sorry. pop soda. One's right, one's wrong. Respectively. Respectively. So this is the little weird alien-looking thing. I think he looks like a little Mongolian. A Mongolian? Yeah, he looks. He looks like a little mini Genghis Khan. With no, with pupilless eyes. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember these guys seeing them in, I think they first premiered in a module. It was Lost Caverns of Zoicamp. Hmm. Yes, which was reviewed by Blackstone's Vault. <gasps> Who is yes. that guy? The mysterious Blackstone. Yes, he's been busy. <laughs> I'll get back to him. I like how but, it says no one knows exactly the pack actually are, whether they're from the Primatorial or the Earth Plains. Yes. I think this creature um, was uh, um, it's like based off of some sort of Oompa Loompa Oompa Loompas but it was based off of some other myth I want to say Germanic or Nordic myth about about I I don't want to say like in relation to the dwarves but I might be thinking of the Darrow. What but, do um, you get when you get on DM, Nick? No, sorry. Oh, 
God, stop it. <laughs> I am on Wikipedia right now looking for pecs to see, like, what might be... Oh, yeah. Uh, the peck uh, from mythology is a type of gnome-like creature in Scottish myth. Oh, there. Okay, I was getting there. They were short of height, but uh, extremely <laughs> strong. In one fairy tale, an old blind peck is on his deathbed. He asks his sons if he can feel their arm muscles to feel how strong they've grown. His sons play a prank on him, giving him a metal cup instead of one son's arm. He snaps the metal cup in his fingers, shattering it to the amazement of his sons. Even sick on his deathbed, he is stronger than his healthy young sons. Hmm. Huh. So it's from Scotland. So yeah. It's pronounced Pech! Pech! <laughs> so That's great! Right. It's pronounced Pech! We were right. Great! So they could cast stone. <laughs> I can't even say it. Ah, stone shape. Yes. Four times a day. Ah, I lost the page. And um, they cast, was it, Wallace Stone. They were a 16th level magic user. Yeah. They have to, have, but they've cast it together. There has to be four or more of them to cast it. And eight or more, they can cast stone to flesh. I guess I don't know. They hold hands and <laughs> chant. La, 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 la. Oh, sorry. They're like Care Bear stare. <laughs> Actually, out of their eyes. Care Bear stare. <laughs> Are they four apples tall? <laughs> you know, Smurfs are always four listed as four apples tall, tall, but like they're way smaller than four apples. I would say they're about an apple tall. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know what's going on with you. Well, you never know. But Gar- when they're, when they're next to Gargamel, they like they they range from either his ankle to his knee. So yeah, it's yeah. I'm not listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys, um, rare, usually five to twenty, appearing armor class double in layer. Yeah, four hit dice, five percent in percent in layer. Um. Damage attack, it's by weapon type. And they usually carry pickaxes or something of that nature. Um, they usually want to be left alone. So 25% magic resistance. Pretty good. That would lead me to believe that they're from the elemental plane of Earth. Because they have well, a pretty good uh, magic resistance. What's interesting to me is that their damage uh, is by weapon plus three. Yeah. And then their armor class is three, which is... I'm not sure what it is in AD&D, but uh, in basic, that would be plate mail. Yeah, that that would be equivalent to plate mail armor. And well, first um, but, like, the peck is not shown wearing any armor. So, like, what I would think is, like, their stone, their, uh, not stone, their, uh, <laughs> their, their skin is so, like, tough. Explains the eyes. <laughs> which I think it actually does say, yeah, uh, their flesh is nearly as hard as granite. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an now, interesting translation into... I think these guys would be a good ally to have because it says in the uh, in the description, if engaged against some lithic monster such as a stone golem, Peck are quite capable of knocking it to rubble and their knowledge of stone allows them full normal attack capability. So they don't need the bonus to hit like a stone golem or something similar to that. So... Uh-oh. Like if they were fighting Earth Elementals or a Zorn, they don't need to have the uh, plus weapon to hit. They can hit it as normal. I would just chalk that up to like not even the knowledge of stone, just that their skin is as hard as granite. Uh, I'm, that's like their their attack, though. They, their knowledge of stone and stoneworking, as they're saying, is they don't need the special bonuses to hit normally like a, a stone golem would need to hit them. So... A peck hitting a stone golem, for example. They don't need the bonuses to hit the stone golem. They can hit it as normal. Man, I would hate to be in the middle of that fight. I mean, talk about being in between a rock and a hard place. place. Oh! I'll leave now. No, you didn't! Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, It was good (laughs) getting my one terrible uh, joke out. And... uh, I'll, I'll see you on Xavier Divins. Okay. <laughs> You're like pulling a George Costanza on him, <laughs> leaving us on a high note. <laughs> That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> the jerk store called. They want you back. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
Now we got to edit that out. No. <laughs> I can't say jerk. Uh, yeah, you can say jerk. That's fine. Is it worse than the FCC? Yeah. All right. So, do you guys do the how to make this more interesting thing, or is that no? Just that, that's well, a, how would that's we use this in a game, or have you? I have not, but I've read about pecs in one of the Dristoerden books. I would use them as a creature in a cave, and if you come upon them and they sing you a song like a riddle, they would have a voice like this. It's just how I think. And they would be like, "Oh, oompa loompa." <laughs> Sorry. Doop-a-dee-doo. We have a question for you, Nick. What <laughs> are you doing? <laughs> I'm tired. Leave me alone. <laughs> I These guys, like I said, they were in the uh, Lost Caverns of Zoicanth. I remember them being in there. And there's a really cool picture. I remember that there's like, when it, like their their chanting ability where it does flesh the stone there's like there's a group of them surrounding i would assume a player character he's kind of reaching out but he's like turning the stone i'm like that's not good <laughs> but uh use them in a campaign i guess remember that movie troll yeah yeah <laughs> does that, that kind of reminds me of that creature from the movie i mean you know yeah but they're not evil yeah so I kind of see these guys, like they said, they want to be Ooh. left alone. Bill and Ted. I, I, Station. <sighs> Station. Station. Kind of looks like that. A little bit, yeah. I can see that. Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> how to use them in a campaign. I think these guys, you would see on an extended like campaign in the... Uh, Underdark or Nether Deep, whatever you want to call it. And they requesting help, maybe Under Hell. The Under Hell. Hey. You know, the Shadow um, Bad. The Shadow, shadow Bad. bad? <laughs> the really dark place underground. No, I would definitely use these as a as a mythological creature that people talk about and you have to find them because they have some information for you. Mm-hmm. And like the leader of the of the peck uh <laughs> Is the only one that can really talk to you. The rest of them just kind of like zombie-like, you know, keep pecking at the wall, pecking at the wall, hacking at the wall, and you have to try to find a leader and everything. And I've been waiting for you, adventurers. Solve my riddle to get the the treasure of Durstakar. He sounds like he's a munchkin. That was well. He's only four feet tall. Well, here's the thing. Because they're four feet tall, I'll give them deep voices just to be the opposite. Hey, guys. It's good. Like a Barry White voice? Welcome. Welcome. More gravelly. Heck, please. Like Solid Snake? (laughs) Solid Snake. (laughs) What? (laughs) Metal Gear Solid. (laughs) Wow, Crispy, you're reaching back. I, I am. Anyway. So Nick gets um, to be the serious one this, this week. Little guy? <laughs> Vince or Crispy. Go I already said how I would use it. Crispy, how would you how would you use this little Barry White creature? <laughs> uh love the Cantina scene in Star Wars. He would just be the lead singer. All the aliens would be there. Now um I don't know, like I <laughs> Guess meeting a lone peck in like the Underdark or something because they're subterranean. Aren't Come they? drink my Colt Forty Five. <laughs> you know what though? <laughs> Looking at the picture, <laughs> I'm so I just sorry. realized what they look like. What? They look like the Amish. <laughs> wow, Nick, you just insulted the Amish. Uh, are any of them listening? They could be. Well, they like to be left alone. And they like to do what they want to do, whatever they do. And, they do what uh, they want to do, play how they want to play. They have that kind of weird kind of goatee-looking thing. They want to dance. <laughs> Kicking the the great thing about being on the internet is that you can insult the Hamish all you want, and they'll never know. Well, what if somebody tells them that lives next door to them? Who? Like, hey, man, these guys are making fun of you <laughs> on the internet. Uh, what is this internet you speak of? Yeah. So, I guess that wraps up the pack. Pack! This one's Scotland, so it's not crap. 
It's in the Monster Manual 2 on page 99. Look it up. That's Use right. It. That's it right now. Tell us how you would do it. Tell them if you want a deep voice, little munchkin voice, or, you know, how you would use them. RFISTAFF at gmail.com. And we'll head into uh, the Dragon's Horde. The Dragon's Horde. So what did we find in the Horde this week? Uh, lots of cool stuff. Yeah? <laughs> Actually, Short um... Mystery. <laughs> what? Four bags of holding. All in one. Oh, that's bad. Um, brazier commanding fire elementals. I thought it was dun, just dun, dun. commanding elementals. Commanding elementals? Is it I'm pretty sure elementals. it's just fire. It's just fire? Yeah. Okay, maybe I just yeah. forgot to put that word in. You did. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so this anyway, you this... have a brazier of commanding other elementals, though. Like, yeah, it's your campaign. Do whichever you want. You know, hey, fill it with water. I'm sorry, you get to use mud. Now you mud. Gotta fill it with Just... air. I use my brazier as a cereal bowl. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> um, this device appears to be a normal container for holding burning coals, unless magic is detected for. Ooh. It enables a magic user to summon an elemental of 12 hit die strength from the element. Elemental plane of fire. Fire must be lit in the brazier. Really, usually <laughs> for one round is required to do so. Uh, if sulfur is added, the elemental will be a plus one. Will be a plus one on each hit dice, so it gets a plus one per hit dice uh, uh, hit points. And the fire elemental will appear as soon as the fire is burning and the command word is uttered. That's your brazier commanding fire elementals. That uh, sulfur thing is pretty interesting because yeah. sulfur is, is brimstone. And fire. Brimstone. Yeah, and then so you would have a brimstone elemental, which evident, uh, incidentally is also the name of my band. You have a band? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> Called brimstone elemental. You death metal. You mean scream? Is it called now called screamo now? Is it called it? Uh, I don't. I don't keep up with it. It's not my kind of music. Yeah, but Brimstone would actually be kind of a cool name. But anyway, I can see changing this around and doing it as a brazier of commanding elements. Mm. Oh, sure. Well, maybe like yeah, that's pretty interesting. Like, how about then a, you get like a water elemental fire? How about a water elemental in there? Like, you have like a, a jug of water, or like a bowl of water that you can put a top on, like a Tupperware top, and uh, summon a water elemental. Okay. And how would you do air? Uh, you would burp into I don't know. <laughs> I don't hook up yeah. some billows or bellows to it. Or... Well, you wouldn't have to do anything. You just have a bowl, and the air is in the bowl automatically. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, just know the command word, and boom, there you go. Yeah. Actually, you bring up another good thing about it. Not only could you do maybe a variant of this, just all different type of elementals, obviously a pretty high-powered magic item, if you could do all four of the common elements. Um, earth, wind, maybe, and... Oh, jeez. Did I just do that? Earth, yeah. wind, and fire? Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a band from the 70s and 80s. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, how about one for the para-elemental planes? What about like that? Like magma and... Uh, like magma, ooze, smoke? smoke? Yeah, why That'd not? That'd cool, yeah. I can see a, like, a magma elemental. Like, if you put, like, some volcanic rock and set it on fire... That'd be pretty cool. How? Or like the, the what was it? There, isn't there ice as well? Ice is one yeah, of the yeah. quasi-elemental planes or something like that. Yeah, but how dangerous could a smoke elemental be? I don't know. Let's look it up in the Monster Manual, too. <laughs> I mean, really. I got a smoke elemental. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> they are in the Monster Manual, too, which I do have. Para oh, my God. Smoke. It's a strong gust of wind. There goes your elemental. <laughs> okay. Um, well, they can be of... Anywhere between 8, 12, and 16 hit dice. Ouch. Uh, number of attacks, special damage, 2 to 16. Plus one or better weapon to hit. So, yeah, but it's smoke. Well, you have air elementals, too. So, But it's smoke! <laughs> you 
hey man, smoking kills. Yeah, as that's apparently right. does oh. smoke elementals. And does do t- 2 to 16 points of damage. Whoa. <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I'm telling you, it, the para-elementals, it's probably the weakest. Well, actually, ooze is the weakest, I would say. Aww. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's right there in Monster Manual, too. The uh, armor so, class is what? It's actually right before Peck. <laughs> yeah. So would this be a, a questing item, or does it be a semi Non common item, just kind of one of those things you find. See, I would imagine like the the big bad wizard would have one. Oh yeah, that's always how I I viewed the either the big razor. bad wizard or the big bad cleric would have it. Yeah, is this, like is this is this one usable only by a particular class? I don't remember. Hold on, I didn't know what the brazier was. Um, only usable by like magic users, or is it not? I don't think anyone could use it as long as they know. Oh, no, wait. Uh, it's uh, only magic user class. Really? Really. Yep. So only the big bad wizard could use it. I would change that. Yeah, like, where do you see that? It's in the uh, table. Oh, there it is, uh, yeah. It enables a magic user. Mm-hmm. Right there where it says magic user. I would change yeah. that. Definitely would change that. Well, I mean, it says it enables a magic user, but it, it doesn't say, you Only. know, it doesn't say not anyone else. Well, uh, if you look at the table, it shows next to the name, it has M in parentheses, which means only usable by that class. Well, yeah, but I would change it definitely to allow maybe like a cleric to use it or maybe even a thief to use it, too. I would, if I would change it, I would maybe make it open to clerics as well. I don't any not any other class because they're not well they're not trained to use the arcane like clerics and magic. But thieves can use on a limited basis. I would think magical items, certain magical items, certain magical items when they get to a certain level. Yes, I would think this would be one of the certain magical items. That's possible. That's possible. Can't rule that out. That's true. But I like the idea of like uh, just throwing it out there. How we're talking about maybe using para-elemental braziers or quasi-elemental brazier, <laughs> or <laughs> the one that really, summons lightning, <laughs> or really mess with your party, like the the elemental of like confetti or something. <laughs> the wheat elemental. The wheat elemental. No, I don't know if I've ever told you that story. Yeah, ice cream. Oh, elemental. let's hear the wheat elemental story, Chris. The wheat elemental story. I was I read about it on a forum where uh, this. This guy was talking about a game he was playing, and um, his DM was really prone to just throwing out the really weird elementals, like, from just weird elemental planes. Because, you know, D&D, if, like, it comes from somewhere, it's got to have an elemental plane. Right. I don't play it like that, but there are some people. So, uh, what had happened was he kept throwing, like, bread elementals at them. (laughs) And so, like, after a while, they just got so mad that they kept fighting bread elementals that they uh, planar traveled to the elemental plane of wheat and set it on fire. (laughs) Just to get rid of the bread elementals. Just to get rid of the bread elementals. Nice. The elemental plane of wheat. Of wheat. Well, if there's a bread elemental, it's got to come from somewhere. True. Elemental plane of dough. Dough! <laughs> dough! No, I, I could just see, like, the confetti or, like, the birthday cake uh, elemental. Or... I fought uh, in a, like, kind of just hilarious uh, one-off, one-shot. We I fought a pizza golem. Pizza the Hut? <laughs> Not Pizza the Hut. Oh. It, was, I, it was a pizza or a calzone golem. A calzone? Calzone golem. Yeah, it was... <laughs> That was a good thing. I'm a gonna I was playing a halfling, so after we killed it, I ate it. Of course. Yeah, I mean, you can't not do that. But what if it was oh, bad? Well, it wasn't. It was delicious. Oh, <laughs> In the context sorry. of the game. <laughs> sure it was. <laughs> I bet it was, yes. All right. So, Brazer of Commanding Fire Elementals or Elementals, tell us how you use it or how yeah. you would modify it. Because we want to know. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting how you can modify this. Very easy. Yeah. To be... I think the para-elementals thing is, is pretty yeah. cool. You can do a lot with that. 
The Colt 45 Elemental. Elemental Brazier of Beer. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I think everyone's like, oh, Nick, you're right. <laughs> All right, let's head into our last segment of the night. Ooh, one of those electronic voting dealies. So the 10-foot pole is back. Yay! With a vengeance. Oh. <laughs> so our Yippee-ki-yay. Hey. Yippee-ki-yay, Mama Jama. <laughs> Shut the front door. Anyway. Uh, my word. The 10-foot poll this week is, how do you roll your initiative? We have D6, lowest side goes first, which I favor myself. D6, by the book, for those people that roll by the book. Or each player rolls a D6, and each group of monsters rolls the same thing. So you would get a bunch of rolls that way. Or D10, which is obviously the wrong answer, but we'll put it in there anyway. How would you vote Crispy and why? Uh, out of the options, D10, if I'm doing individual initiative. So you picked the wrong answer. Well, of course. But I actually do D6 in my basic games. I do D6 uh, highest goes first. Because I don't use segments or anything like that. It's just you guys win that I rule. I it's like Monopoly. I go for the D6 lowest first, as you've heard in my games. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick? You don't want to know my answer. I know your answer is the wrong answer. <laughs> Nick, your answer is the right answer. No, it purposely. My says, answer is just my answer. It purposely That's says wrong all. answer next year because it's wrong. But I gave it to you anyway. Oh, fine. Be that way. So go there, vote, vote often, or as Jason does, vote more than once. <laughs> I don't know how he manages to do that, but he does. Because he's the moderator. No. Oh. I don't know. He must have two accounts. I don't know. Ah. But go there, rfipodcast.com, and vote. Vote more than once. Vote every day, all the time. It's good times. And so that's going to end the show. Oh, what, Nick? Oh, before I forget, uh, yeah, since we didn't have any stars this week, another thing. Go, folks, if you can, go to iTunes, if you're listening to the podcast, and do, uh, you know, give us some stars. Give us some feedback. doesn't matter, you know, good or bad. We we read them all. We all we take them all in, and we just you know we really appreciate any sort of feedback that we do get on iTunes. Yeah, of course. Nick reads everything. Yes, I do, but never posts. Yeah, <laughs> but never posts. Duh. He just reads Fine. silently. Now just you. unleashed. I'm gonna have like 100 posts and just say I like pie. Don't, don't <laughs> do that. Know. I'll ban you. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Speaking of which, we do need moderators for the forum, so if you want to pop in there and apply for moderatorship, as long as you have an account with more than five posts, or seven posts in Nick's count, chance. You know... (laughs) (laughs) And you favor blunt weapons over sharp weapons for clerics. Okay, that's it. (laughs) That's it. Well, it's like, if, if clerics can use sharp weapons, why be a fighter? Exactly. Ah. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll head out this week. Uh, keep it original. Keep it old school. And good night, everybody. Wait. Before there we go, oh, can I just God. hear Nick say, "Ooh, one of those electronic voting dealies," as Homer Simpson? One of those electronic voting dealies. <laughs> ooh, we've got to ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. Better. Good. Good night, everybody. Good night. for initiative.